typically you're offered three options. Accident-only coverage, which is as it sounds. If your pet is in an accident, it will help cover that. Accident and illness coverage. So if your pet ends up getting diabetes or cancer, it'll cover accidents and illness. And then wellness coverage. But think of wellness coverage as an add-on that you would get on top of another policy. Hey, this is Allison, and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast, where we talk all things budgeting, debt, and saving money. Today, we're doing a deep dive into pet insurance and if it's actually worth the cost. When my puppy, Harry, was 11 months old, he made a below average decision. He tore up a couch cushion and ate a little bit of stuffing. At first, I wasn't concerned because he's eaten my favorite shoes before. By the way, rest in peace, beautiful Toms. You are so good to me. So why would a seemingly boring couch cushion surprise me? Well, Harry's stomach said, do not enter to the stuffing, and he proceeded to throw up 10 times through the night and into the morning. Because I love him so much, we do have the same taste in shoes after all, I took him to our vet to get checked out. Harry's x-rays came back suspicious, or sus, as my 10-year-old said, and we were told that Harry might or might not need emergency surgery. The big question of the hour was, could he pass the stuffing? I left the vet with a $382 bill, a CD of his x-rays, probiotics, anti-nausea medicine, and information on how to feed him a bland diet. If he didn't pass this foreign object, we would have to move on to plan B, an emergency surgery that would cost us no less than several thousand dollars. Thankfully, he did end up passing the stuffing about 72 hours later in the middle of the night. In fact, it's the first time I've ever jumped up and down at 1 a.m. congratulating a dog for doing his business. But this entire experience got me thinking, should we have purchased pet insurance for our puppy? Now, I've never had a puppy before. In fact, Harry's been my first puppy. My husband already had his previous dog when I met him, and I honestly didn't know much about the pros and cons of pet insurance. But let me tell you, when I turned to my Instagram stories to talk about this, my inbox was flooded with opinions. As it turns out, people fall in either one of two camps when it comes to pet insurance. Either they think it's a scam, nothing is covered, don't do it. Or they say, pet insurance saved me $10,000. It's the best thing I've ever done. I found the fact that my followers were in either one of two extreme camps fascinating. So naturally, I took the next step. I spent hours conducting a deep dive on pet insurance so I could answer the question that's on any pet lover's mind. Is pet insurance worth it? So let's go ahead and dive into how pet insurance works first. Apparently, 70% of American households own a pet, which, side note, I think this might be the only thing Americans can agree on. We love a good pet. Pet insurance is technically a type of health insurance, but for your furry companion. We all know that pets have a mind of their own. I'm talking about you, Harry. Which means that they come with their own unexpected vet bills. But how exactly does pet insurance work? So here's the deal. Not every pet insurance plan is built the same. When you're shopping for pet insurance plan, you're going to have to answer a series of questions like your pet's age, gender, the type of pet, is it a pure breed or is it a mixed breed, and any pre-existing conditions that they have. You're also going to have to enter your zip code before you receive a personalized quote. When I was doing my research, I used policy, that's P-A-W-L-I-C-Y.com, which by the way, they're not sponsored, they don't know about me, to shop quotes for my dog, Harry. 
Think of policy.com as the kayak to pet insurance. You're given a list of policies to compare seven different pet insurance companies. And the prices of these policies can change based on the amount you want reimbursed, the annual deductible, and the annual coverage. The annual deductible is the portion or dollar amount that you are going to be responsible for before insurance kicks in. And the reimbursement rate is the amount your pet insurance company will pay you back once your deductible is met. And then the annual coverage is the, think of it as the max out of pocket for your pet insurance policy. So most pet insurance policies that I looked at for my dog, Harry, who is one years old, cost between $26 to $60 each month. This included a $500 deductible and an 80% reimbursement rate. I found that obviously the lower the reimbursement rates and the higher the deductibles, the lower your monthly cost is going to be. Pretty simple, right? Now, one thing to know about pet insurance is that it's different from health insurance because you actually have to pay for the vet bills up front. So what you do is you take your your pet to the vet, you pay the vet, and then you submit a claim to your pet insurance policy. So if or when the time comes that you actually need to use pet insurance, you still need money on hand to pay for your pet's treatment. So for instance, if I had had pet insurance for my dog before his unexpected visit, I would still be on the hook to pay my vet for his x-rays, medicine, and his visit. But once you've paid your vet, you move on to the next step, which is submitting your claim to the insurance company. Now, while the entire process sounds like it could be seamless, right? You take your pet to the vet, you pay the vet, you submit a claim. I've heard from many people who said that what they thought would be covered by pet insurance was in fact not covered at all. So that begs the question, what does pet insurance cover? And is it the same across the board? After doing my research, I found that the amount of coverage you receive for your pet depends on the type of pet insurance plan you choose. Typically, you're offered three options. Accident-only coverage, which is as it sounds. If your pet is in an accident, it will help cover that. Accident and illness coverage. So if your pet ends up getting diabetes or cancer, it'll cover accidents and illness, and then wellness coverage. But think of wellness coverage as an add-on that you would get on top of another policy. When it comes to the cost, what I have found is that pet insurance can be pretty affordable, especially when you sign up for pet insurance when your pet is still young. However, your final monthly cost is going to depend on the amount of coverage you want, the size of your pet, age, location, and deductible. For instance, a dog that is much older is going to be more expensive because they're going to assume that that dog is going to need to use their pet insurance more because they're old. And obviously, the higher your deductible and the lower your reimbursement rate, the more affordable your monthly payment will be. Right now, the average pet insurance policy every month for a cat is about $29 and for a dog is about $47. But let's talk about what I found for my dog. The most affordable quote that I was offered was $26.37 each month for an accident and illness policy. This was for a $500 deductible, 80% reimbursement rate, and for unlimited annual coverage. I was honestly shocked to see just how affordable it could be. But like anything else in life, there are going to be advantages or disadvantages when it comes to pet insurance, and there's risks that you're going to take.
obviously there's no crystal ball that allows anyone to predict whether or not your pet is going to have an unexpected medical expense that would be covered. For instance, our last dog got in a terrible accident and had to have a leg amputated. It cost us over $3,000. Past Allison wishes she had pet insurance because it would have been amazing to have only paid $500 for that type of expense. But then I'm sitting here thinking, what if my current dog, Harry, never has another issue? Am I just throwing that money away? Obviously, if I never end up filing a claim for Harry, that's assuming I get pet insurance for him. I am losing money technically because I was sending money to pet insurance. But then I try to think about it as that's technically the same thing that you do for renter's insurance. But let's say that you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to pay for pet insurance. I feel you. I've never paid for it either. Let's talk about a couple of options you can do if you decide not to use pet insurance. First off, you can open up a high-yield savings account online, have money automatically drafted every single month to go to that savings account, and see that as your future vet savings account. This is the account that you will use whenever you have an unexpected medical bill for your pet. Now, the issue is that most people aren't going to do that. It takes intention and it takes actually setting it up and adding it to your budget. And unfortunately, that's just something that a lot of people aren't going to do. Another thing you can do, especially if your vet bill is really high, is try to talk to your vet's office about getting on a two, three, four, five, even six month payment plan. Sometimes they'll be open to that. And then when all else fails, there's always care credit. Care credit's kind of like a credit card, but it is for medical bills. And the good thing about it is that they will actually offer you anywhere between a six to 24 month financing with no interest charges during a certain time frame. So that is always an option. And I personally think that's better than just putting it on a regular credit card. Today's episode is brought to you by my free debt-free roadmap. If you have debt and you're trying to become debt-free, you know that it's sometimes a little bit overwhelming to figure out how to reach your end goal. And sometimes paying off debt is not as simple as it seems, which is why you need a roadmap fast. In this free debt-free roadmap, you're gonna get the seven easy steps to follow that will set you up for actual success on your debt-free journey. And I'll be sharing with you the three most common mistakes holding people back from paying off debt so that you can avoid them every single month. Plus, you'll get free resources sent straight to your inbox every single week. Go to inspirebudget.com slash debt-free to get instant access or click the link in my show notes right now. After sharing my story about my dog's lapse in judgment, remember, sofas aren't food. I received countless messages from people who had experiences with pet insurance. Some of them were great, amazing, and some were not so great. So here are two real stories I received. The first one comes from Jenna. She says, I have four pets, two cats and two dogs, and they're all covered with pet insurance from Pets Best. In my opinion, it's totally worth it, but I do think it depends on each person's situation. We pay about $32 total for all of them, which by the way, that's an amazing deal. So they pay about $384 annually. 
the plan they have only provides accidental or emergency coverage. So remember, no sick coverage for these animals. Their deductible is $250 per pet each year. And after the deductible is met, the insurance covers 90% of eligible expenses up to $10,000. Unfortunately, we have needed to file a few claims, which is why I think it's totally worth it. And I'm just going to add this in here. It's almost like the people who have used pet insurance successfully and had them kind of save the day are the ones that really say wonderful things about pet insurance. So let's get back to Jenna's story. In 2020, one of my dogs cut her side open and needed stitches and the other broke a tooth on a toy and needed that tooth extracted. The total reimbursement for insurance was over $400 for the year. This year on St. Patrick's Day, I caught them both getting into a tin of breath mints, which had a toxin in them. So they both needed to stay overnight at the emergency vet to be monitored and return a few days later to follow up for a liver scan. My total reimbursement from insurance was $853.60 for this year so far. In both years, I ended up saving hundreds because of the insurance and the reimbursement for our claims did outweigh the cost of the premium. Plus, there's a certain amount of stress that's eased knowing I have a backup plan beyond my savings to help pay for unexpected situations with pets. Let's face it. They're a bit of a wild card and you never know what could happen or how much it will cost. I have to say, I completely agree with Jenna when she says that a little bit of your stress is eased knowing that you have that backup plan when it comes to paying for any unexpected bills. So Jenna had a great experience. I can see her wanting to keep pet insurance, but let's talk about Jasmine. Jasmine says, I have the POP insurance, which is spelled P-A-W-P, and pay $24 each month for my dog. I was brought in with the promotion of 24-hour vet access and a $3,000 emergency fund that you are welcome to use in case of an emergency, as long as it falls under their guidelines. I recently had an emergency with one of my dogs where he needed to have an emergency surgery to have his eye removed. If he didn't receive the surgery, he would die due to septic shock. I was quoted $7,000 for the emergency surgery. I only had a few hours to make a decision and move forward with surgery, but I felt more comfortable once I read the pet insurance guidelines. I couldn't find a reason that they would decline my request to use the emergency fund to cover the surgery. I even contacted one of the pet insurance vets who advised me to immediately take my dog in for emergency surgery. I followed protocol. I submitted all the paperwork and documentation during the 14-day window. Within hours, I received an email that my request was denied. I was given no real reason why. I emailed them and received a generic answer that the surgery didn't fall under their guidelines and policy. We went back and forth with no specific reason as to why they declined my claim. Now I'm filing in small claims court since their promotion of the emergency fund can be labeled a bait and switch. Wow. So Jasmine, on the other hand, thought that something would be covered and it wasn't. She was denied coverage by the pet insurance. Now, she also let me know that the pet insurance company she went with, POP, P-A-W-P, not to hate on them, but apparently they have an F on the Better Business Bureau and are notorious for doing this type of thing. So finally, is pet insurance worth it? Now that we've talked about how pet insurance works, 
the pros and cons, and I've given you some stories, it's time to answer it for your own, for yourself. Is it worth it? And to me, I think it depends. I personally think that this is an incredibly personal choice on whether or not you decide to get pet insurance for your pet. And I think that you have to consider a lot of different factors, such as how much money do you have in savings? And can you use that money to cover the cost of an expensive vet bill? For instance, our family, we do have a good amount of money in savings. We could use that to cover the cost. In the past, when our dog Joey lost his leg, we didn't have a lot of money in savings. I wish we had pet insurance back then. Another thing to ask yourself is how accident prone is your dog and how curious is your cat? I love what Jenna said about how dogs can kind of be a wild card. You don't always know what you're going to get or what they're going to do. Another thing to take into consideration is your pet's age. Is it worth the higher cost for an older animal? If you try to get pet insurance for an older pet, it's going to cost a lot of money. And then finally, your peace of mind. Is it worth the peace of mind for you financially, even if you never utilize your pet's insurance plan? I'm going to be honest here. After doing all of the research, reading so many people's stories, both positive and negative, I'm actually ready to start comparing pet insurance plans for my dog, Harry. I'm ready to start reading the fine print. Sure, I might never need it. And yes, we do have an emergency fund saved. However, the quotes I'm getting are very reasonable. And I like the idea of having just a little extra peace of mind when it comes to my dog, especially since, I don't know, he's a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> Regardless of whatever you choose, I think that it's important to always do your research first. Look into the company you're considering on the Better Business Bureau. Ask friends and family about the experiences that they have had with pet insurance and if they like the company they've used before. And above all, read the fine print first. That I think is what we tend to skip over, but what I think is key and most important above anything else when it comes to choosing a pet insurance policy. Well, there you have it. My deep dive into pet insurance, whether or not you decide that pet insurance is for you or it's not for you. I hope this just gave you more information so that way you can make a decision based on facts, based on knowledge and not based on emotions. If you know anyone with a pet, especially a young pet, a puppy, a kitten, do me a favor and just grab the link to this podcast wherever you're listening, copy it and just text it to them and just say, hey, I know you have a new pet. I thought this podcast would be really great and that you'd enjoy it. Thank you so much for showing up for the Inspire Budget Podcast. I want you to know that I really appreciate you. I'll see you next week. Bye for now.